You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of Holy Name Cathedral, and co-host Mark Teresi, executive director of the cathedral. We are live streaming, so Mark waved the cameras, and at the same time we are physical distancing. But Mark, I think you are right. In a couple of weeks, we will no longer have to have our masks on because right. we both got our second shots. My last one was last Saturday. Your second shot was when? Uh, Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday? Yeah. Oh, so you're... Uh, I'm good. You're good to go there. So how are you doing? Good. You know, it is interesting. Once we had the shots, my wife and I are talking about Easter. We won't have our 35 extended family folks. We're going to have just a few friends, some family and they've all had their shots. I mean, that's how we're approaching this. And, and I'm sure many people are. And I would really highly recommend folks do get the shots. Yes. And on my first shot, no reaction. Second shot, the arm was a bit sore, slight headache, a little bit tired. Now, some people have gotten very sick for 24 hours, but right. I think it beats the alternative. And our time in Chicago now is 8.02. Oh, by the way, go Ramblers. Oh, that's a given. Jeez. What a suffocating defense. The whole city is excited about the Ramblers. They, t- they play Oregon State Saturday, 140. I think it's CBS Channel 2. And this is fun. It's Sweet 16 it sure is. to get to the eight, to get to, to the final four. And our good old, our good old friend, uh, Sister Jean, oh, she's, she's, uh, she's, she's an wonderful. icon. She's a legend. And uh, 101 and a half, sharp as a whip, that mind and articulate in here so well. And God bless Sister Jean. The, the funniest line was they had asked her um, what she did in preparation for the game. She said, I prayed for Illini a little bit, and then I prayed for the Ramblers a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and it's amazing. And uh, don't take I mean, Illinois is a great basketball oh, sure team and program. Sure but Loyola outplayed them, suffocating defense, and it was a— it was a great game. We have a great program lined up in the first half, the Catholic-Assyrian Dialogue. And with us by phone, we have the very Reverend uh, Tom Bema, yes. vicar for the Ecumenical and Interreligious Affairs, the Archdiocese of Chicago, and provost of the University of Steamer the Lake, Rundelein Seminary. He's also a full professor in dogmatic theology. Father Bema is internationally recognized as an expert in ecumenical theology, he currently serves as a member of the Vatican's Joint Commission for Theological Dialogue between the Catholic Church and the Assyrian Church of the East. And also, beside having Father Bema, by the way, Tom and I are both graduates of 1971, our 50th year coming up, Notre Dame College Prep in Niles. Oh, wow. So Tom and I met as freshmen in high school. 
to go back many You're years. You're those senior citizens that come back to the high school. Exactly, to go back to our alma mater. And also with us this morning, the Reverend uh, Core Bishop George Toma is Core Bishop of the Diocese of Eastern United States and Rector of St. Andrew Assyrian Church of the East in Glenview, Illinois. A core bishop has a role similar to an Episcopal vicar in the Latin church. He is a sought-after author, lecturer, and teacher. So, core bishop Toma and Father Tom Bema, welcome to the program this morning. How are you gentlemen doing? Welcome. Very good, Father Greg. Good to hear you again, Mark. Now, I remember, Tom, you were a guest a few years ago when Butler had those back-to-back years Mm -hmm. in the NCAA. In fact, Tom... Did they make the actual final game in two years in a row? Uh, yes, uh, two years in a row. They yeah. made not the final four, but they made the... The finals. So the final uh, championship game. So Tom and I go way back. Didn't, lo- didn't win, but they made the game. Which is yeah. still Tom, Tom and I were together at the seminary for 15 years. We drove down. We were looking for funds to support the library, and we stopped. Or no, this was a different... Tr- we stopped at Butler because you had a meeting there, Tom. And if you remember... You made a connect so I could visit with the development department. But what you didn't tell me was their mascot is actually a live bulldog. I walked into the office and there's a bulldog. Oh, yes, and Blue was there, yes. Exactly, exactly. Is that the name of the dog was Blue? Yeah. That's interesting. Now, Tom, when you graduated, when we graduated Notre Dame, which will be our 50th anniversary, class of 71, you went directly as a freshman to Butler. No. No, I went uh, to uh, Benedict University in Lyle to do pre-pharmacy. That was my original uh, uh, direction. Then I uh, went to pharmacy school at Butler, and after the pre-clinical years, I switched uh, to uh, uh, philosophy and religion to prepare to go to seminary. And then I came directly into Mundelein Seminary, um, but that cost me a year, so you ended up being an ordination year ahead of me. 79 for me. Classic 80, 80 for you, exactly. And it, uh, so maybe a question, first of all, uh, you know, I, I hate to uh, have been talking at Side Talk, uh, Core Bishop uh, Toma, but, you know, Tom and I go back so many years. But maybe let me ask, first of all, I need to ask this of you, uh, uh, Core Bishop Toma, and that is, what should our listeners know about the Christian community in Iraq? Uh, the Christians uh, of Iraq are considered to be one of the oldest uh, continuous Christian communities in the world. And the vast majority of Iraqi Christians are indigenous in Eastern Aramaic-speaking ethnic Assyrians who are the descendants of the inhabitants of the ancient Assyria and follows the Syria Christian tradition. However, some are also known by the name of their religious denomination as well as their ethnic identities, such as uh, Chaldean Catholic, uh, Syrian Orthodox uh, Church. Uh, Christians, we have also Armenians and very small minority of Kurdish uh, Christian Shabaks and Iraqi Turkmen. Uh, Most presently, Iraqi Christians are ethnically, linguistically, historically, and genetically, they consider themselves uh, distinct themselves from Kurds and Arabs and uh, other nationalities. Now, uh, Core Bishop, your church is in Glenview. Is that correct? Yes. And uh, 
But tell, tell our listeners a little bit about how your congregation began. There's an interesting Catholic connect here. Yes, uh, we, we in 2001, uh, uh, we started the St. Andrew uh, Mission Parish uh, in Maryville Academy. Uh, uh, I visited uh, the late Father John Smith, and I explained to him we want to start a parish, but we don't, don't have a room. A place, so he said, Here is the chapel of the Blessed Mary, and he gave me the key. And he said, All is yours. I said, What can I, I do? Uh, what can I should I pay you something or participate in expenses? He said, This altar was built to celebrate masses on the more masses celebrated on this altar, the better. You are very welcome. Just mm. pray for us. Yeah, that would be John Smith. It sure was. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. Father Smith. And of course, Tom, you knew him well. And yeah. we did that for seven years. So from there, actually, we built ourselves. We built membership. Financially, we grow until we bought the, the Jewish synagogue in Columbia in 2008. Beautiful. That's, and so, I, I, now, is that uh, uh, Core Bishop, is that church near Harms Road? or? It's, it's uh, right it, on Milwaukee Avenue. Oh, yeah. the one on Milwaukee oh, Avenue. It. It's oh, round. It's yeah. a round building, a circle round building. Got it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Next, Milwaukee. next, next, next to, 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 to a nursing home. Which will be our next stop, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, was going to ask uh, Father Tom Bema. Now, I remember... Um, we had created some videos, and there you were, I think, in the Holy Land with Cardinal Bernardine. So you had an opportunity to work on a lot of international projects as a priest. Um, what do you think our listeners need to know about Pope Francis to help them appreciate his efforts in the Middle East? Well, thank, that's a great question. Thanks, uh, thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I when. Uh, Father Greg and I left seminary. I, I expected, uh, you know, that I would spend most of my priesthood working in Chicago parishes because that's why you become a diocesan priest. Right. But uh, uh, very early on, my interest in Eastern Christianity um, caused the diocese to ask me to do ecumenical work, which had, you know, had not really been my interest. My interest was the academic side of uh, Eastern uh, Christianity. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you go where the church asks you to go. And uh, that ended up being kind of all over the place. And um, uh, the, uh, I was with a, a bunch of retired priests uh, at one point at uh, St. Joseph College Seminary for some party or something. And, I, you know, it, you always introduce yourself uh, when you're in a, a group of priests because we have so many, they don't immediately know everybody's name. You know, so it's a, you know, I, I, I said my name and the guy goes, oh, you're that international guy. So <laughs> that's kind of what, what uh, my, uh, the last 40 years have turned into. Now, um, when we went to the Middle East in 1995 with Cardinal Bernadine, it was a very different situation. The peace process was at its height. Mm-hmm. There was a great deal of optimism. And, uh, you know, people really thought that, you know, we were just on the cusp of everything kind of settling down. Of course, we know that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. And um, when you, you ask me about what Pope Francis brings to this, I, I think there is a unique contribution that our current uh, uh, Pope is making. And a, a lot of it originates in the fact that 
he is a bishop from the global south. Okay, he's um, although he has Italian an- ancestry, uh, he is every inch a Latin American mm-hmm. and a Latin American bishop. Um, what that means first and foremost is that he comes from a post-colonial experience. Now, say more now, about that, Tom. Yeah, you can't understand the Middle East uh, and really mo- most uh, of the world if you don't understand that the the Europeans basically created the nation-states that are there right now by drawing lines on a map. And the way you can tell that the Europeans, and particularly the British, were involved is they drew borders down rivers. Oh, now, okay. anybody that studies you know, religious geography knows that rivers are not borders, they're superhighways. They run through the middle of a community, they don't divide it. Mm-hmm. Okay? But that's not the way the, Brit- the British drew boundaries. So the map itself is artificial. Uh, and the, the very idea of a nation-state isn't really part of the culture. It, it, there, there's no notion of that in Islamic history, for example. You know, so the colonial situation in many ways sets up, you know, what we're dealing with today. Now, Pope Francis, when he enters into this milieu, he doesn't enter it, you know, as somebody coming out of that context. What he brings to the dialogue is what I would call a relational approach. Um, you hear him talk quite a lot about fraternity, uh, and then, you know, people in the English-speaking world get crazy because it's a masculine word, and they, you know, want to find a way that doesn't do that, thereby missing the whole point, which is what he's saying is relationships are the currency of dialogue. You That's can't have dialogue, line. you can't have dialogue if you don't have a relationship, um, Mark, you will remember Cardinal George going on and on at various times. If you get the relationships right, everything else will fall in place. Right. It's true. Well, that's what, what Core Bishop Toma just told us about uh, his experience at Maryville, is they took the relationship as primary. You know, mm-hmm. And then look what happened you know, as a result of that. Now, there's another insight that Pope Francis has that kind of startled people in you know, professional ecumenical work. Is very early in his pontificate, he started talking about a different kind of ecumenism. Uh, you know, we talk about the ecumenism of theological dialogue, the ecumenism of common service, the ecumenism of spirituality, and that he introduced a fourth. He spoke of the ecumenism of blood, by which he meant the suffering and the martyrdom that is occurring in these ancient Christian areas. Wow. Uh, that shocked a lot of people, but I think, I, I think again, you can't understand the, uh, what he's trying to do if you don't first recognize that he's a bishop of the Global South, he understands post-colonialism, and he also has this relational approach. Well, I have to admit, Tom, you certainly know your material phenomenally. And on that note, Mark, take us to a break. Let's take a break, and we'll be back with Father Tom Bema and with Reverend Core Bishop George Toma to talk more about the Catholic Assyrian Dialogue. This is Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. on your dial, 312-255-8408. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned.
Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we began adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. The effort to get vaccinated, why the church is helping to spread the word. We'll go inside the classroom as a national study shows how Chicago's Catholic schools are keeping students on track during the pandemic. And too many people are going hungry. We'll visit a food pantry where Catholics are working to meet that need. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackwitz, along with Mark Tracy, co-host, and our guests this morning are four Bishop, George Toma, and Father Tom Bema. And we're talking, we have a wonderful Catholic-Assyrian dialogue. And now Cardinal Supic wanted to participate in this conversation this morning. The schedule prevented him from doing, doing so. Vince Girasoli from the radio and television <coughs> office spoke with him on the phone we were able to record the Cardinal's reflection on Pope Francis's visit to Iraq. Take it away, Michael. Cardinal, what's significant about the Pope's trip to Iraq? What's significant is that it is the first time that a Pope has traveled to Iraq, a mainly Muslim community, and uh, already in anticipation of his visit uh, because of the favor it received from the Muslim community. 
uh, the government passed a law making Christmas a holiday. It was a way of affirming that uh, on behalf of the Holy Father to make this trip in a very difficult time, not only during the pandemic, but also uh, given violence still for the life of, uh, of uh, Iraq, uh, told people that uh, the, the Holy Father really does uh, want to come and um, that he feels uh, a visit with, with uh, the people of Iraq is important, not only for the minority uh, Christian community and other communities, but also with the Muslim community. So um, it was uh, historic in that sense, but it also was important for him to uh, make contact, as he did with the Ayatollah al-Sistani, uh, a very holy man who uh, doesn't receive people often. And just the picture of the two uh, older men sitting there and talking about things that uh, they have in common uh, sent a great signal, I think, to the Christian and Muslim world. Let's talk a little bit more about that signal, Cardinal, because clearly the the Pope is trying to model something for Catholics. What should be our takeaway from that? Well, I think, uh, first of all, to make sure that we have respect for other people uh, and that we value the diversity that's part of the human race. Uh, he sees uh, his engagement with uh, the Muslim world, uh, which is quite vast and uh, well-populated throughout the globe, uh, as, a, as an opportunity uh, for shared values. Uh, let's remember, uh, they're uh, a monotheistic faith, uh, just like uh, uh, the Jewish faith is and Christianity. Uh, we all have our roots uh, back, going back to Abraham. So we want to make sure that uh, people begin to understand the Muslim world uh, in a better way. Uh, but also uh, to realize that uh, uh, harmony is something that we need to build on. In a world so often plagued by tensions and violence, uh, too often by uh, people who uh, misuse religion uh, or uh, their own political purposes. So uh, what he wanted to do is to help Catholics understand that uh, we should not be afraid of people of other faiths, but rather we should value uh, what they have to bring uh, to world peace. Cardinal, thank you so very much for your perspective and for joining us today. It is always so helpful. Cardinal Blaise Supich taking time out to uh, be with us this morning. Cardinal Bishop Thomas. That was a great, uh, great little uh, message from Cardinal Supich. Yeah, you can see what a great ambassador for the Pope. Absolutely. I mean, he, he gets it. He gets it. Now, Cardinal Bishop Thomas, what are your thoughts about the Cardinal's comments? Uh, I, I, I agree. Uh, I agree with his comments. Uh, number one, that. Uh, the time of, of Pope's visiting, uh, uh, when when the whole world is is really suffering uh, the coronavirus, the pandemic, and also if you look at the age of the Pope, 84, mm -hmm. yet he's not he's not scared of of uh, of uh, of the virus. He's not worried about his health. He is he is thinking more about other people than himself, what his visit will contribute to people who have been suffering for many years, the persecution, uh, the invasion. So I believe his visit there sends a, a very strong message, number one, uh, to, the, to the Iraqi government and the, the countries in the region that uh, Christians are not alone. They have a leader. They have 
as somebody who is uh, who is watching them, who is protecting them. That's one. Number two, he well, he he speaks about coexistence and that Christians and and, and Muslims and other uh, de- uh, denominations and ethnic groups uh, they are part of the era of of Iraq and they have to coexist and they have rights to live in peace together. Uh, I think that was a plus. He encouraged the Christians uh, 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 to 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 be closer to each other, to stay there, to uh, maintain uh, and keep their identity, their culture, their religious culture, and their faith. Now, both of you hold appointments to the commission at the Vatican, which is working to bring about you know, full communion between the Catholic Church and, and the Assyrian Church of the East. Um, during the last part of our program, what can each of you tell us about the progress towards unity as you see it? Maybe we'll start with Father Bema. Okay. Well, I, I think it's important to know a little bit of history. Um, if uh, I, I can assume that uh, Mark, you, and uh, Father uh, Greg uh, studied the same textbooks I did when we were in grammar school, and if you did, then the map that we studied mm-hmm. uh, of Europe, it ended with the Jordan River. Okay. Uh, true. I know it wasn't until I actually studied religious geography that I ever actually saw any map with details about the about Mesopotamia, you know, and and all of that. Our world was so European. But just so you know, Greg flunked geography, but let's keep going. Go ahead. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. Sorry, I'm sorry. Thank you for sharing that. Now, why why were our maps that way? It's (laughs) because that was the edge of the Roman Empire. Okay, got it. And the way we organized our way of thinking was, you know, we're successors of the Roman Empire. Beyond that boundary was the Persian Empire. Now, the, the church that Corbis Shiptoma is part of, was the Christian church in the Persian Empire, which was enormous. They were the greatest missionary operation in the history of the world. They had sent missionaries and planted churches as far as China and even maybe to to Japan, all along the Silk Road. But we knew nothing about that, mm-hmm. because, true, because of the trouble between Rome and Persia, our churches fell out of communion in 431. That's 1,590 years ago. Wow. Okay? So we, we simply grew up and developed without really knowing each other. Mm-hmm. So the full communion dialogue has um, a, a couple of uh, advantages, and then I'll turn it over to Core Bishop Toma. Um, it, uh, any full communion dialogue has three steps. First, you settle all the dogmatic questions. Uh, next, you uh, harmonize the sacramental life of the two communities. And then finally you deal with questions of authority and ecclesiology. In other words, what's the role of the Pope mm-hmm. vis-a-vis the patriarch, things like that. We've made it through the first two steps. Oh. The dogmatic issues were settled in 1994. The sacramental life was uh, settled with a statement in 2017, and we're now in the third and final stage. As you can tell, it, it takes a number of years to work through this. What would be your guess for settling number three, Tom? I think I might live long enough to see it. Oh, but we, Tom, uh, Mark, and I won't, but you will. <laughs> We're the same age. Well, how's your yeah, health? Cor, yeah, Corbishop Toma has been part of the dialogue much longer than I am. He's actually the senior member of it. So let me kick it back 
to you, Father George, and um, uh, catch us up here. Great. Yeah, in uh, in 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 the first visit of uh, our late patriarch Martin Luther the Fourth to Rome, uh, he met with Saint John Paul the Second, and that was his suggestion that uh, we have been uh, apart from one another for fifteen hundred years, and let us do something uh, to understand each other and remove some obstacles uh, which uh, stand in the way of uh, of unity. So he. Uh, uh, St. Uh, John Paul, he embraced uh, the idea, and then they started to establish a mixed committee from both churches, 10 members, five from each, uh, and that was in in, uh, in 95. Uh, uh, and since then, uh, I, I became a member. But prior to that, there was meetings informal uh, for the dogmatic uh, Understanding, understanding, or the dogma of both, both churches, for example, Christology, faith, and that was signed uh, by the document was signed by both leaders, uh, Saint John Paul and the late Patriarch. And in '95, uh, officially, uh, the commission was established, and I have been part of that since '95. There were three steps. So the step number one, as Father Bema said the dogma of the church, the faith, and then the sacramental life and uh, ecclesiology or the uh, institution of the church or what you can call it, the primacy of Rome, the role of patriarch. uh, And that's what we are doing today. So uh, the first uh, uh, stage or step uh, was is done. The second, uh, uh, the sacramental life is also signed and done, and now we are working on the third stage. On that note, we need to bring this segment to a close. I want to thank in a very special way uh, Core Bishop George Toma, Father Tom Bema. We could have gone yes. three hours on this topic, oh, yeah. and uh, God bless both of you. And uh, Tom, it's always great talking with you, and I'm sure yes. I'll be seeing you in person one of these days. And very nice meeting you, Core Bishop Tom, on the phone. You'll be Thank listening you. to uh, Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi. The time is exactly 831 on this day here in Chicago. Stay with us, and again, do not touch that dial.